work even harder to find opposites. Uh, when you're finding opposites, you're finding something that no one else has seen before. Right. And right. it's uniquely yours and it makes you stand out and it changes the molecules in the room. And it makes your performance way more truthful because that's real life. So it's exploring both sides of things. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah I fucking love this person, but what do I hate about him? I hate this person. What do I love about him? I'm hitting high notes. Where can I hit low notes? I'm hitting yep. low notes. Where can I hit high notes? Welcome to Inside the Audition, the podcast where we go behind the scenes for a deep dive look into the world of auditions. I'm Joe Lars Larson, creator of Actors Audition Club an international community helping actors book your dream roles in TV, film, and theater. And I'm Brandon Knox, actor, producer, and co-host. Each episode, we chat with actors and industry professionals to share their audition experiences, insights, and advice. We provide actors with actionable tips, strategies, and resources to help you elevate your auditions. We demystify the often intimidating and misunderstood world of auditions to help you succeed. So whether you're just starting out on your acting journey or you're a seasoned pro, join our Actors Audition Club members as we go Inside the Audition. Oh, start spreading the news. He returned yesterday. He yeah. went to be a part of it. New York, New York, but now he's back in Toronto. Yeah. Ooh, you even got a shirt. Wow, where'd you get that shirt? Uh, this is what you got me when you went to the summer intensive two years ago. Ooh, right, right. And mm -hmm. does the old saying hold up? Do you heart NY after being there for your first time? I gotta say, I'm pretty smitten. He's smitten. That sounds I'm like smitten. a man in love with a city. Yes. Welcome, everyone. Hello on Facebook, on YouTube. Welcome live, live, live. This is uh, episode 149. Mm -hmm. We've got a special one today. Brandon has New York gold dust sprinkled all over him. He was just down in New York City, yeah. uh, down, down in and around Broadway for the first time at the Totteroff Summer Intensive for incredible, what I'm imagining is a life-changing and career-changing experience with their staff and conservatory instructors. So today I thought, let's talk all about that. So um, I'm going to basically interview Brandon about his first New York experience. Um, so let's just off, off the top, just to get it out. How was it? <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. It was incredible. Uh, as you said, life-changing refreshing, uh, exhilarating. Uh, it was everything I, I needed and wanted and more. And I'm so, so happy uh, that I was able to go and that I had saved up for this. And I was, uh, I was just raring to go. And I was excited to be um, in a room full of actors playing with players, um, as Tom likes to say. And yeah, yeah. they were they were all players. It was so, incredibly refreshing. So today, what I thought we would do is uh, I'm just going to ask you questions to walk us through the entire trip because this is not only was the conservatory, but there's the the dual story of this being your first ever trip to New York, which is mm -hmm. fun. It's a fun experience for everyone who's been here. Really, New York is like uh, obviously it's a it's a hub for TV and film and theater, um, but it's just really one of the capitals of the world. 
yeah. period, no matter what industry you're in. So it's just one of those cities that uh, I would say it's the capital of the world. It's arguable, arguable London and Tokyo as well are up there or maybe something in the Middle East like Dubai. But mm -hmm. they're all just hitting New York. New York is the original capital of the world. And uh, I think it's going to stay that way for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so uh, listeners at home, a couple things. Make sure to share this out because we're going to be talking about the conservatory experience. Brandon, I'm going to be asking him questions about certain things he learned in specific classes, what his takeaways were, what his aha moments were, uh, what he's taken away that he's going to incorporate into his own auditions since this is inside the audition. Uh, and uh, talk about uh, things that he learned and how he's going to apply them to directing other actors here at Actors Audition Club. So uh, it's going to be a great episode. We're going to go deep dive into many, many things. I'm sure you're going to hear a ton of pearls of wisdom that um, Brandon learned about. Maybe we'll hear about how New York defeated him uh, here uh, one time or another. Everyone's first trip to New York, it's like so something about New York eats you alive the first time where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, and also at the end of this episode, we're going to do our giveaway, though, and you got to comment hashtag audition to do that. Anyone who comments hashtag audition, we have a little ticker for that. At any point, that's a great thing about being live. You want to show up live. And what we're going to do, we're going to give away your choice. We'll give away, um, if you're in the Toronto area, we'll give away a pair of Comedy Alley tickets for an upcoming show. Or uh, whether you're in Toronto or abroad, we'll also give away a session, an audition session with one of our audition directors here at Actors Audition Club. So you can win comedy tickets or a free session for your next self-tape. But throughout the show, you got to at some point comment hashtag audition to enter the draw. I see you, Facebook. I see you out there. Um, and make sure to share this out with your actor friends. So smash that uh, Facebook share button and uh, let your network know. So first question, Brandon. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the journey to New York City. How did you get there? You took a private jet? <laughs> yep. No. Uh, I took a bus. I took the midnight bus on Saturday, got in around uh, 9.30 on, yep. uh, on Sunday morning. Um, it, it, was, it was not bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the Yelp review on the bus. What you said the name of the bus was Flix bus. Flix yeah, it was a Flix bus bus. Flix bus, not bad. Brandon Knox is like <laughs> three stars. Not bad. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Like we had some stops along the way. It it was fine. Um, it's a slog. It's a bit of a slog. It's an eleven hour drive. If you were driving um, not on a bus. It's about eight hours with stops for lunch and, uh, and gas. Maybe it's probably nine hours to get down there because I think mm -hmm. it's like 450 miles um, south or something like that. 500 miles around that. that makes sense. Um, the Proclaimers once walked there and back again. I would walk 500 miles. And I would walk 500 more. <laughs> I think that song was about walking from Toronto to New York City, uh, even though they're Scottish. I don't know how that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so bus, uh, nobody, no, nobody. Capitated, no defecating on the bus. Nobody no. puked. You ever had no. that happen? You ever be on a bus where somebody pukes and then there's just puke rolling up and down the floor as the bus rolls down the highway? No, thankfully that has never happened. And I hope that never happens in my life. 
Um, so you're you're in a capsule. You're in a 30, 40 foot long capsule with was it full? Was it full bus? Yeah, it was a full bus going there. So a bunch of 50, 50 strangers, all their burps, farts, and breathing all in one little bus for 11 mm-hmm. hours. Air conditioned? Yes, it was. All right. Okay. Um, and the famous thing about this bus and all buses is they advertise Wi-Fi that never fucking works. I'm talking to you, Megabus or Flix bus, free Wi-Fi. And then it's always like connected. Because even the no- driver before we left Toronto was like, uh yeah so we technically have wi-fi um most of the time it doesn't work so uh (laughs) don't complain to me if it doesn't that's a scam they just know yeah we know we say we have wi-fi but this is a discount bus ride and it doesn't work don't ask me about it i am not an internet guy i love that that they tell you up front yeah just he's like he's riding the bus and he's like yeah, just so you know, the Wi-Fi doesn't work, so fucking stop asking me about it, you jerks. Now, next stop, Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, it never works. And if you've ridden a, a midnight bus, uh, you know what we're talking about, where mm-hmm. everyone's like, what's the password? And no one's connecting, and everyone's like, did you get on? Are you connecting? Did yours work? And you're like, no. No, I'm hot spotting the whole way down, get paying $50 uh a, a gig in roaming fees right oh now. God. Well, the bus, you stop at the border, you get a nice border check in. Have you been to the States period before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I've been to the States before. Um, right. But yeah, just not New York specifically. Um, like I've been to Buffalo. I've been, I've been to Tennessee. I've been to Florida. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So no, anything notable on the bus? What are you doing on the bus? You're running lines, you're reading, you're sleeping. I attempted to sleep. It, yeah. it wasn't super easy. Um, and also the guy next to me, like, was <laughs> taking up so much space, but also didn't like me in his space. And so, right. like, I was drifting off to sleep because I was on the aisle. He was in the window. And, like, I would just, like, drift off to sleep. And then I would just hear, feel his shoulder, like, shove me. And I'm like, whoa, what, what? And he's like, dude, stop. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? It was just a battle. It was a battle over the middle, the middle armrest kind yeah, of thing. Like he, of. he wanted a hard line. He was like, "This is east and this is west." But he kept passing the line. He kept passing his line, Lars. Like right. he wasn't any better. I was just more polite. Right. He's like only I, I may cross into enemy territory, but don't you cross into my territory. So. Um, you're anticipating it. You're probably excited. Probably tough to sleep even because you're on. You know you're on the way to New York, so you're mm-hmm. on the way to this incredible acting experience with the Todorov Conservatory program and uh, New York for the first time. Do you remember rolling up? Do you remember your first views where you start to see through the bus or out your window? Like, oh, you I didn't think I really get to see line. it as it as it was coming up, um, but just before we got into the tunnel. Because uh, there right. was a tunnel into into New York, um, yeah. like just at the side, yeah, you could you, just you see the, the city. Tunnel. Yeah. yeah, and you just see this beautiful city, and then you go down into this tunnel, and then you're you're there, and you're like you're in you're in these wonderful buildings, and it, it right. I don't know, it felt like coming home. Interesting. Yeah, yeah we talk we talk about that. I I mentioned before you left, and I've had this feeling like. I feel like New York is a city that whoever you are at the 
outside of that tunnel crossing over or whether you take a bridge in you're by the time you 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 step foot in manhattan you're like a different person and yeah forever changed and certainly you're different after being there for a little while like it just mm -hmm. it just affects you it's a different energy there's a a buzz and a vibe it's really that entire alicia keys empire state of mind song is is exactly sums it up so yeah so you were yeah, I kept hearing these lights will inspire you. These lights will inspire you. Make you feel new. brand new. Yeah. Yeah, it has that. Um, and also you mentioned feeling that odd feeling of like coming home and familiarity. I believe I have a theory that that is because New York's one of the most heavily filmed cities of all time in so many movies, so many TV shows even things that aren't the iconic things like mm -hmm. Central Park or Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty or Times Square. There's a lot of other places where you might not know like the name of the building or exactly what corner it is in New York, but you're like, I've seen that before. And you, yeah. you've seen it like in 10 episodes of Law and Order or in um, Ghostbusters mm -hmm. when they shot down there or whatever, like all of the Seinfeld um, as an example too, where you're like, feel familiar like i've seen this deli before i've seen that yeah, pizza shop before it's like familiar. yeah that's the pizza shop underneath the letterman studio where letterman used to walk out and get pizza you know like that that kind of thing so great so you arrive mm -hmm. where are you staying it was raining yeah it was raining we arrive uh just outside madison square garden nice. uh and then we park the bus and we all get off and you're just standing in the middle of 8th Avenue and 31st Street, looking at the Madison Square Garden, and you're just sort of left there. And, like, that's it. It's done. And that's when the rats and pickpockets descend on you. They're like, uh, I gotta say, I was a little disappointed. I was expecting more rats. You know how many I saw, Lars? How many? Two. Two. That's the whole time. Were, were they around garbage or were they in the subway where they were supposed to be? Ne one never was one, outside like, on Madison Square Garden, like a construction okay. site. Right. And then one was in Central Park as I as I was exploring a, a meadow or something. Yeah, that wasn't a squirrel. I'm <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't a squirrel. It was definitely a rat. <laughs> it was a a uh, hairless squirrel. Uh, Although it was a, I found the, the squirrels the there, like the squirrels in Central Park, like they're brave. Oh yeah, like they just walk up to you. They just like, hey, you could probably feed us, right? Hey. You could feed us. Hey, you got ten bucks? Hey, hey what are you gonna, What are you doing over there? there? Go buy me a pastrami sandwich. A lot of them are in the mob. You want to? You want to see me climb this tree and come back down? They don't I'll even, do it. Hey, look at this wise guy. Hey, Tony, look at this wise guy from Canada sitting over here close to our tree. <laughs> Fuck you. Give me 20 bucks. <laughs> You're like, are you it talking to me? Are you talking to me? I sat in a I sat in a coffee shop for a couple hours because I, I couldn't sign into my Airbnb. Uh, right. Until, until about like 12 p.m. Um, so I got there around 930. I sat in a coffee shop for a bit. Uh I did explore a little bit. Um, I found Broadway almost immediately. Nice. Um, Broadway slash 7th Avenue, I think. In places yeah, it's, it's like a split of 7th yeah. Avenue or something. Yeah. 
Um, um, cool. First time on Broadway. First time seeing the sign is cool. You're like, ooh, it's a real thing. Yeah, I know. I was. I sent it to. Yeah, uh, I sent it to it? my girlfriend, and I sent it to my parents, saying, "Oh, look, I made it." But I like the the picture that he showed was of the street sign that said Broadway, but the building behind was like a nondescript building with like scaffolding and just graffiti. Yeah. It was like this isn't. Like, it wasn't like it was a theater or Times Square no. or or anything fancy. It was just like the street sign Broadway in front of garbage. <laughs> um, yeah. So you didn't get pickpocketed for those listening at home. Brandon's mom was really worried. She was like, be careful down there. Watch your pockets. They're full of pickpockets. No, not a single pickpocket attempt. No. And only two. I, I was a little insulted actually. I was like, what, what's wrong with my pockets? You'd like walk, you'd walk into the subway platform whistling like, Oh, it's good to be down here. In the I, I will admit, I will admit, I didn't actually go into the subway at all. Oh, no? I, I mean, I was right. I was staying on 29th and 6th, so I was pretty much in the heart of Midtown anyway. And yeah. so I could pretty much walk everywhere. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a very walkable city. You only yeah. ever need to use the subway if you're going far uh, yeah. and, and know what you're doing. So you settle in. You said your your place was uh, Airbnb was around 29th and Sixth um, Avenue. Sixth Avenue. So hop, yeah. skip, and a jump from Broadway, a little ten blocks north, and you're in Times Square, right? Yeah, that's a great spot. Um, so tell me, let's go day by day through Conservatory. Who okay. taught you? And this is great because I've, for those listeners, viewers, I've been through the full eight month conservatory and they use their conservatory constructors uh, as the, uh, did I say constructors? Yeah, you did. Conservatory instructors there you go. Uh, who are all working actors and have long, illustrious careers working for many different institutions, including the Todorov Conservatory. Um, so I have uh, shared love for many of the instructors that worked with you but day one what's up on the docket so we start off monday 10 a.m with philip markle for improv Ooh, that's a great start yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's, it was that's great welcome welcome to new york motherfuckers yeah. and like uh there was 14 of us in the class um all of us varying different ages varying different backgrounds um uh, most most people were from the states, but there were a couple yeah. of us from uh, from Canada, um, and we were all kind of timid at first, and like we didn't want to we didn't want to screw up, and we didn't want right. to feel out of place. Like we were uh, we were throwing an invisible ball around, so uh, you pass it. Like I'm I, here's a red ball, and when you catch it, I want you to say red ball, and when I throw it, I'm going to say red ball, red ball. Red ball. Pass it back. Red ball. Red ball. Um, Red ball like, gets you wings. Oh, it does. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Remember that. <laughs> so Philip is the improv teacher. Uh, yes. He's also he's a fantastic comedian and performer. His his um, he, he runs a venue in Brooklyn. Yep. Runs regular shows. Has done one man shows. Completely outrageous um, and, a, and, a, and a great improv uh, teacher. So tell me about some of the games you played or, or um, uh, exercises you did and, and a couple of takeaways. So we did, um, we started off with that. And the takeaway from that, because um, I ended up losing a blue ball at one point and it's like, okay, so what what is the best course of action when you lose an invisible ball? 
<laughs> start it back up again. No one cares. Right. And it's just like, keep going. Sometimes there's things that flub um, that flub you up. Just keep going with it. And usually, even if it's a, if, if it's a, a mess up or something, you can make that into a bit. Right. Happy accidents. That's Happy accidents. Like, yeah. It's like nothing really ever goes wrong. And if it does, it was right for a fun reason. Yeah. Yeah. And um, love it. We uh, we started working on deals and how how one comes in with a deal and um, the best ways, even if you don't understand or uh, feel comfortable doing a scene or a situation. If you just come in with a leading with a body part, like with a with a pinky or something, or leading with a vowel of, oh, so you're gonna be doing that later, huh, Lars? Like something along those lines, so that way you can immediately get yourself into a scene, um, and like you don't feel you you immediately are able to find your deal. Which is like coming in. Yeah, really the, leaning um, into it and, and find your deal is. Yeah, find your deal is like, um, what is your perspective? What's your angle? What's your it's kind of a combo of what's your relationship and what's the conflict? What are you fighting for? So that in an improv yeah. situation, people need to know like, oh, like instantly it's a oh, he's that he's that type of guy. And this is what he likes, like wh whatever the mm -hmm. description is just ambiguity and lack of specificity sucks yeah. in improv you want to be really specific and really strong so that people aren't like what's his deal wait oh i thought he liked that stuff oh isn't he oh he's not having a good time oh i thought he really liked to party now he doesn't really seem like he likes to party anymore like that's mm -hmm. that's the worst for an improv audience because they're just like i don't know what the fuck's going on or what anyone stands for and what anyone wants and what's happening here yeah yeah uh next we worked with Julia Lenardin for voice. Um, Amazing. And she was, she was really incredible. Um, she, she does a lot of voice work for the Tom Todorov Saturday and Monday classes. Um, and yeah. she followed a similar blueprint to what she will do for one of those classes. Um, but she really likes to have partner work. And mm. we got to work a lot with each other in, in that first class. Um, so what we were doing is we were tracing the outside and inside of our foot and it was to help ground us and like to immediately get us into a relaxed and informative and imaginative state of mind so that we can have access to all of our facilities when we are performing. Um, and it was, it was fantastic. And like, she really talked about the practical effects of like, Yes, we're doing this with a partner right now, but this is how you can apply it so that you can do this later on by yourself and no one even knows what you're doing. Right. And like it's it's it was very practical and it was very like even if you're just on a bus and you feel yourself getting a little overwhelmed, you can do this and feel more relaxed. And hold your breath, that, right? Hold your breath and jump up and down. Is that yes, how to do exactly. it? Don't breathe. <laughs> Stop breathing. Don't breathe. And I found we we joked about this when I did conservatory. Is a lot of a lot of acting classes really what they need to teach you is how to relax and how to breathe. Like that, if you can if you can get better at both of those things, then 
you're like, oh, I seem like I'm really good at this. Yeah, it's because you're breathing yeah. and you're not all tense everywhere. Yeah, that's great. She's such a pro, man. She's like up like they all are. All the faculty is incredible yeah. there. But as a voice and speech teacher, her experience and her the project she's worked on, she's worked on some Mervis productions here in Canada, lots mm-hmm. of TV and film stuff like the, the pedigree of of instructors that you get through them are top, top notch. So and that's she the, was, she that, was very excited that Andrew Wade was going to be teaching us Shakespeare because Andrew Wade helped her get her first Broadway uh, voice coaching gig. Wow. Uh, for, I believe, Matilda. Nice. Yeah. And Huge. so she, she was talking about very complimentary things and like how excited she was for us to be working with someone like Andrew Wade because she really looks up to him as well. Right. And for those who don't know, Andrew Wade previously was the voice and speech director for the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, yes. So, again, fairly high pedigree up there. And the, the, the level of people and actors that he's worked with is incredible. So mm-hmm. that was day one. Day one was improv and voice and speech with Julia. Uh, well, we're not quite done yet. Um, it was supposed to be uh, Margie Sharp Douglas yeah. uh, was going to be teaching an hour and a half of um alexander technique unfortunately her plane was delayed and so we got an extra hour with janice orlandi who walked us through Chekhov movement and so um the different styles of movement are the four elements of molding which is earth uh floating which is water uh flying which is air and radiating which is fire and we nice. explored all of that for about an hour. And like, that was so cool. It really brought us, really brought uh, the 14 of us really together. And we were really finding more fun exploring together. Like right. there was still some like hesitation, but like we were starting to really come together at that point. And Janice is just such a character. Uh, so much fun to work with. Um, I actually found out that she, because uh, she mentioned the city company. I worked mm-hmm. with a man named Jay Arasia, who is one of the founding members of the city company. Uh, he is, I'm not sure if he is still the artistic director of the uh, master's program at UCLA, um, but he was doing that for a, a short period of time. Uh, he's been a performer, a director, a stage coach, like one of the best people I worked with when I was at uh, the University of Windsor. Uh, Janice has a, a strong connection with him and she also has a strong connection with the Chekhov uh, people, which I worked, um, I studied under Lionel Walsh uh, at the University of Windsor, who is a uh, Chekhov, um, he holds a master's degree in Chekhov. Um, nice. And he's one of like the founding members of bringing Chekhov to this university. And like Chekhov is really the base of what we did at the University of Windsor. And I didn't realize this, uh, but Janice was telling me uh, later in the week that the archives for the Michael Chekhov program are in Windsor. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. It's funny um, that there's two famous Chekhovs in, in the world of acting. One is Michael, who's the movement teacher, and then there's the Chekhov who wrote all the, all the famous ch- plays, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, like Siegel and, and uh, Three Sisters and all those ones. And it's, uh, it's funny because, like, a lot of what they did really overlaps with one another. And, like, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if they are related or, um, 
what the connection is. Of a similar is. time, at least, yeah. Uh, well, Michael Chekhov was later on. Right. Um, he was his grandson. We'll have to we'll fact awesome. check that. Yeah, we should fact that. check and come see back where he came from. In yeah. episode one fifty, we'll dissect this. <laughs> right. Love Janice. Janice is so New York too. She's got She's that great. New York twang to her coffee and oh my darlings. darlings. Oh, you're so uh -huh. beautiful. I just love what you've done here. And then when she's running the, um, she's always got great music tracks for all the movement stuff. And she's kind of narrating like, you're flying through a meadow. You're free. You're flying. You see the one you love. Your life is amazing. You're reaching heights you've never reached before. Yeah. You're radiating, radiating. You leave that class. I left the, her classes during conservatory and at summer intensive feeling like, Am I some kind of like fl flying unicorn that can fly through the air and I'm like I'm on fire? Like you, I I left those classes feeling like I'm a wizard. Like yeah. I'm a wizard of energy and emotion, and I can just shoot like <laughs> flaming balls of fire at at people for good or bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's amazing. She, her her work is so freeing and so fun. Like I would finish her classes. And you'd literally be, feel like you're floating. I would love, to, I would always go for walks and go out into the world and like see people and sense people. And, and you just feel like way more open and free and connected as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't get enough of Janice Orlandi. Um, and should I, should I tell them about my adventures after the first day? Or you want to say yes. that? Uh, yeah, let's do that to the end. Let's we'll get let's get through the the acting okay. stuff yeah, and we'll yeah. save that we'll save a couple of fun okay. stories. Okay. Um so that's the end of day one. You go home. Oh no, we'll save it. Um we'll we'll save it. No, let's tell tell it now. Tell okay, it now. okay, okay. Kind of makes sense. It's, it's a callback for later. So, so you had never seen Central Park. So you're no. like after class, I'm gonna stroll to Central Park. It was it was Monday, and so like that's a dark day for Broadway. And I was like, okay, so there's no shows, there's nothing I need to do for tomorrow's class. So I'm going to go find Central Park. And I don't know why I had it in my head that it was it was down 8th Avenue. Like <laughs> down meaning south, which is the south. opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm and someone in class had told me like, oh, well, that's a pretty far walk. And I was like, well, I'm I'm pretty good at walking. I I've walked right. long distances before. Like I I'm pretty, I'm pretty adept at this. I I'm, right. I'm pretty confident that I can make it to central park, even if it's like an hour long walk. Um, and so, and what it is, I, I was going to say, yeah. if it's, if you're on 29th, the bottom of central park is, is at 57th street. Mm -hmm. So it would be, what is that? Not quite 30 blocks, I guess. Um, usually it's about a block a minute when you're walking the numbers blocks avenues are further apart, but yeah, generally if you got to walk 30 blocks, it's going to be around a 30 minute walk, um, which isn't that bad. So also you should explain why you were just going with your gut instinct, um, rather than looking up the correct data. Uh, well, I thought that I had data, a data plan for when I went to the States and like roaming and uh, call and text. Uh, but I found out as soon as I crossed the border, I did not have that. And it would cost me a lot of money to have data on and to be roaming. So I decided to not do that. And I right. turned my phone on airplane mode. Uh, there were bits where I had Wi-Fi 
Um, I had Wi-Fi at my uh, Airbnb. I had Wi-Fi at the studio. I had um, uh, Wi-Fi sometimes walking, excuse me, sometimes walking around New York because they do have yeah, public Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of public. So you but, walk to, so you're like, I'm off to explore Central Park. And yep. then what happens? And I looked at someone and I was like, it's this way, right? And they didn't respond. It didn't hear me. And so I was like, well, it must be this way. And so I walked <laughs> south and I kept walking and I kept walking. And it's about like I passed a UPS truck storage place. And so, like, it's just like a giant warehouse right. with like truck drivers just hanging out or filling filling air and tires right. or filling like, up gas. Like, this doesn't yeah. feel like a park. And I'm like, oh wow, this is this is getting to be a kind of a nice area. This is kind of sweet. Okay. And I pass Washington State Park, which is a very nice park. Washington Square. Yeah, yeah. You oh, Washington well, Square Park. Washington Square. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is way down like 10th. 14th something way there. yeah 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 you completely walked the opposite direction i, I walked the complete opposite direction <laughs> and didn't realize it until later that night when i got home and was talking to my girlfriend and she just said uh no you went the complete opposite way right and i was like what that doesn't make any sense what and i looked and i was like god nope. damn it it's on 57 it only makes sense because you didn't have data. Yeah. So you did, yeah. you literally didn't have the data you needed to find the place you needed to go. You were sticking with your gut and they were like, this way. This way. And the, the easy thing about New York is a lot of it is it's it is on a grid system and mm -hmm. it's if numbered. You, you had to been paying attention, it's numbered to go like the numbers should have been going up as you were walking towards the park. Yeah. Um, so you, if you had seen like, oh, I'm on 14th street right now, that doesn't sound like 57th street. Maybe these, mm -hmm. do these numbers go down and then they, and then back up? Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. They go down to zero uh, and they go back up again. Yeah. yeah. So there was a running gag so, all week long. Like, Hey, Brandon, did you ever make it to central park? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Daniel Greer, who, uh, is a conservatory mate of, uh, Lars's and has been with the Saturday class since uh since i started as well since yeah. before i started um has uh every every morning was like so uh you find central park yet it, it became a running joke and like it it was great not like it's right in the middle of the city and it's just huge it's like the literally the biggest thing in new york is central park uh, yeah I, I don't know why i was expecting something smaller but it, right. it's uh um so that was the first day so day that one we day one finally go to bed central park fail conservatory win mm -hmm. on to day two day two day is... two similar to day one we start with julia lenardin mm -hmm. uh she takes us through a lot of breath exercises and making sure that we're opening up our lungs to the fullest capacity uh and so had different exercises a lot of partner stuff where we're um pounding on each other's backs as we're rolling down and then feeling on the last, like uh, feeling the bottom rib as we like right. open up our chest and as we're letting breath in and like we're pushing air out as much as we can so that we can fully let in a huge breath and like 
uh, feel that relief in our lungs. Because uh, we're, when we're opening our lungs fully, we have more capacity with our breath and, um, and, and with what we're able to do as actors. Um, and yeah, most, most people breathe very shallow as well, actors mm-hmm. included. Like we're really oh, yeah. not using our full diagram, uh, di- not diagram, diaphragm, diaphragm, or our full opening up our full rib cage and the muscularity mm-hmm. there to, to really fill your lungs. Yeah, because I, I noticed while we were doing it, I have a strong tendency to just breathe into my diaphragm and not breathe into my lungs. And so my chest doesn't expand as much but it should be expanding both at the same time. Right. And like, and I was like, this is probably out of fear because of when I was uh, in high school music theater, uh, it was always breathe into your diaphragm, breathe into your diaphragm. And I think I just trained myself to just to be stressed. Yeah. yeah. To stress do it. And it, it was, it's not, it's not strong enough. Like it's strong, but it's not what I need. Right. Right. And so like finding, figuring out that tendency was huge. Yeah. The other thing I think a lot of, um, a lot of people do as well is hold in their like gut, their belly, like they're never fully relaxed because everyone's kind of sucking it in, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to look good in their t-shirt or yeah. want to have abs or whatever. So there's that tendency of like st- holding that tension. So you never, yeah. if you're never fully relaxed. You're never really fully breathing. And if you're not fully breathing, you're not connected fully to your voice or to your emotions. So, it, it, yeah, that's huge. Just relaxing and breathing. If you learn anything from so, today, it's just relax and breathe. That, I mean, those are huge. And it's definitely so crucial for for what, what, um, what you're able to do on stage right. and on screen. Um, like you just have more access to everything, more access to your emotions, more access to, uh, power, uh, more access to vulnerability. It's, it's incredible. Uh, so then Julia, we, uh, then we had Philip again. Nice. Uh, we only had Philip and Julia for those first two days. Uh, and we did get to meet Margie, uh, and we had a two hour class with her. Um, and we, in, so for Phillips, it was a lot of re- reiteration and um, an introduction into long form improv and like getting faster and more efficient at finding our deals and um, making quicker decisions. Right. Uh, trusting which is, yourself. yeah, really trusting ourselves. Um, and that was great. And then we, we worked with Margie for the end of the day on Tuesday. Um, and that was a lot about uh, patterns and finding patterns in something that you're doing, and then uh, balance. And so we were balancing peacock feathers on our hand, on our flat palm, and like keeping it as still as possible. And I, and I figured out if I kept moving, if I was moving with the feather, it would stay still. I was just the one that was more of a pivot. Um, and so like I kept, I kept it up for a, a long time, and uh, that that felt really good. Um, I was really excited to explore more about the neutral body, um, which I don't know if we really got to touch on as much. Um, but I, I'm excited to learn more about Alexander Technique because I really want to continue that training and I really want to continue um, what that philosophy is and how 
how the neutral body can apply to so many different right. characters and, and, and that. Yeah. Um, Alexander's yeah. great. I mean, it's great to correct things and stresses and tensions in your body and, and yeah. really have that relaxed elongated body. And it's so great for relaxation. There's some, there's some Alexander exercises or techniques that when you learn them, you learn them and do them enough that then you can almost barely do it like you do the first step of that exercise and it's yeah. enough to trigger the rest of the chain of relaxation that you need I, i've used some of that before stand-up performances before high stakes things before mm -hmm. an audition where you kind of start to feel your heart going and you can feel your breathing going where you're getting shallow maybe your thoughts are starting to race and then a couple little alexander techniques just to ground yourself and fully relax and get back into your body and just and, and come from a place of personal strength and power rather than tension and anxiety and and the opposite of relaxation mm -hmm. love it so that's day two. Oh, oh uh, yeah. one thing about philip too that i love i don't know if he was throwing around these catchphrases but things that i took away from him in conservatory were there's no right or wrong there's only weak or strong mm -hmm. so don't get worried about, am I making the best choice or the one right choice? There's infinite choices. Just make sure that you lean into it hard and make a bold choice, a strong choice and commit to it. Don't be yeah. wishy-washy in the middle or, or in improv, you see it or you feel it in improv when you're uh, entering a scene and, and you do things like this, where you're like, like those hesitations where you're starting, you have a thought or an impulse, but then you check it. And then you hold back or you kind of mm -hmm. like, look, is it my time? Is this going to, oh, I missed it. And then like it versus just impulse, boom, done. It's out. Yeah. Love, love his classes. He's great. Mm -hmm. So day, end of day two, is that it for day two? That is it for day two. Uh, next day we had Tom. So yeah. I spent most of that evening uh, getting ready and working on my scene and work. Uh, we had a rehearsal uh, in the space just before uh, we left the studio. Um, so uh, we were working on bits for that. And if I had any trouble bits, I was working on that throughout the night so that I was ready to go for the next day. Um, we were the second group to perform on the second day. Um, meeting Tom for the first time in person is great. His entrances, his exits... He he's great. He's is a welcoming, wonderful spirit and a wonderful human being. Um, yeah, it was yes. great to see him in person. He's got great energy. He's kind of got that rock star vibe to him. Yeah, um, not in a pretentious way. Just no. just change the molecules in the room way when he walks in, and um, every everyone in, uh, who's worked with him loves him. So they're always. Uh, the second he oh, people are clapping, are loving yeah, it. Yeah, there's kind of a mob of people that uh, that come to him and get to reminisce. People who've worked with him for a long, long time. So, yeah, and he and he really is the same in person as he is online. It's always oh, yeah. fun when, when you, we were talking about this. How you in this day and age, how you could have spent so much like kind of FaceTime with them and you know them and you've talked to them, but then to not have met someone physically in 3D is all mm -hmm. is it's almost jarring where you're like, Oh, you're a, wait a second. You're a, you're, you're are you real? You're a real, a real person. <laughs> you're a yeah. real boy. So takeaways from the coaching session on your scene. 
Uh, it went very well. I I was I found a lot of opposites. I had really good architecture. Um, uh, there were a couple of bits where I needed to um, to speed up, and like that that happens. Um, and I found a really great opposite. Uh, the line was um, okay. Uh, she she said uh, I talk about this band that I'm gonna go see, and some friends of mine are in it. And I talk about like the music that we wrote. And she goes, "You're in this band, aren't you?" And I go, "Okay, yes, I play uh, drums." Nice. Yeah. Class died. They loved it. Uh, Tom Tom referred to it a couple times throughout the week. Uh, and he gave me the note, uh, change it up each night. Don't, right. don't let it get stale. This Do is, this is great, but also this is also works. This works. This works. Right. Even playing drums in a weird way. Or like, even that's, like, that's how you play drums. Drums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah. yeah and got, a, opposites being one of the guideposts in the Tataroff framework. Um, Finding as another example of it is like uh, saying something like, yes, I'd love to, or mm -hmm. no, that sounds terrible. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those kind of things. Great. Um, uh, anything yeah. else from that class? Um, change the molecules in the room. Change the molecules in the room. And love takes time. Love makes time. Uh, that was my big takeaway. Uh, I worked on that scene. It was probably one of the longer scenes that was performed. Um, and I, I worked on it for a very long time. I took as much time as I humanly could. I rehearsed slowly so I could later perform swiftly. Nice. I, I felt very strong about what I did. And it, it showed me that I, I am a player. And if I apply myself, there's nothing I can't do. Um, and it was it was great, and yeah. it was great to see everyone else perform. Uh, Daniel Greer performed a Chekhov scene, which was great. Um, they had a little bit of shuffly feet off the top, but like once they found the stillness and really uh, found what they were fighting for, um, it really sank into itself, and like it yeah. was it was really brought alive. Um, that Wednesday, day three, that's all Tom. That was all all scene work. Yeah, all was... Tom. Thursday was all Tom as well. Oh, yeah? Great. Yeah, yeah. so we yeah. had back-to-back -back scene study days, um, which were incredible. Everyone was incredibly supportive of each other. Everyone was uh, congratulating each other and talking about what they really enjoyed. And like Your first time performing in New York City. It was my first time performing in New York City. Technically as well. Yeah, yeah. It was right off Broadway and, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm, right there, we were on eighth and thirty sixth. Right, it was at like a rehearsal space, studio space kind of thing. Yeah, it was called Pearl Studios. Nice. And so yeah. that's day three and day four. Take us to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and take us out on the weekend. Yeah. Friday, we start the day with Janice Orlandi for three. Three glorious hours. Yeah, that's just like magic. Yeah, oh. it's like going to Hogwarts and being like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to be a magician here for mm -hmm. three hours. I love it. And we made we made a lot of, um, we made five-minute pieces of endowing an object that we, an everyday object that we just had on us. 
and uh, and a chair, and that was it. And we yeah. made these like uh, five tableau pieces, and then we worked together to create different tableaus in a group around these chairs. And like, uh, what is that communicating? Uh, what are the different archetypes? Um, and like, so find a tableau for anger, find a tableau for joy, find a tableau for disgust, like whatever it was. And like, we had to, we performed all of these and we got, we got even closer during, during those, like during those four or five days, like we really, we really developed a bond all, all 14 of us. And like, we were really like, okay, let's do this. We're working together. We're going to get out of this together. We're going to do this all together. And it was fantastic. Um, also, uh, just going back to Tom, another takeaway I, I, I had for um, really the whole experience is teamwork is the best work. Um, right. And uh, I, I grew up and learned about a technique called the plan B uh, technique. And it's when you don't feel like you can rely on your other performers and you just focus on what you can do. And I realized that it's called plan B for a reason because it is plan B right. and plan a is the plan is the plan that you go towards. And that is teamwork. Right. I, I got into this business and I got into this work because I loved working as a team and I really wanted to be part of a team because I love sports and I, I, I love that aspect of it. And when you're all together and you're all working towards a common goal and uh, I, I felt like that really, it really brought us together. And like, it made me say, okay, no matter what, I'm going to make sure that every, all 14, all 13 of these other people feel seen and heard and cared about by me. Right. And, yeah, and, and like, th- yeah. think about the difference in experience when you go in that way, thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and take what I can from this, or I'm going to lone wolf it. Or Mm -hmm. some people might put ego like, Oh, who are these people? Maybe thinking that your people are in different spots or ranking people where you're like, "Ah, I don't want to work with them. Like you you can have all that stuff egoically, but Mm -hmm. then think about how you come away from that versus, Oh, I'm going to go play and build connections and build friends. And like, now you come out of that with, if there was 14 of you, 13 other friends that you have the shared experience, like, yeah, like, I mean, it's not like it's going to war, but it's maybe as bonding as that uh, with the exception of nobody's arms and legs got blown off. Hopefully it, it, it felt like going to um, uh, not, but training camp. Yeah. Yeah. You go to a boot camp. Yeah. 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 You, you all had to, you all had to commit. You all had to have the discipline. You all had to show up. You mm-hmm. all had to, president uh not present president present uh and you had to give um give your your energy to it so yeah that's that's amazing and that i think that really ties into what we do at actors audition club too as you were saying that is for a lot of actors and this was myself in the past uh, as an actor and as a stand-up comedian this business can feel very lone wolfy it can feel like you're doing it alone um but there's the saying if 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 you if you get to the top and you're a alone at the top then you've you've done it wrong and there's also the saying of um if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together build a team and the difference in joining a community like actors audition club where now you have 
really a full audition production team on your side where you have mm -hmm. audition coaches, you have other peers, other people rooting for you, other people yeah. fighting for you, other people vested in your success uh, and in the success of your your um, auditions, especially the alternative versus like the, the difference in working with a TV and film prof professional who has acting training experience, is an actor, has experience in auditioning and, and the casting process versus working with someone who's untrained, a family member or friend at home. The difference yeah. is night and day. So um, that's one thing that I've been really happy with and proud of is our our community here at Actors Audition Club so that when people do join, they like, oh, someone else in the world actually gives a shit about whether I succeed or not. And it, it's easy to feel that no one does mm -hmm. uh, as a as a performer because it is, it is you, it is a solo career for the most part. It's like, yeah, you come in and out of ensembles on in plays and in shows, but the beauty of the work and of life in general is more about relationships and more about your community and family and friends, not what can I achieve as a solo person trying to get ladder rung by rung up this weird ladder. Like that's yeah. just a weird, toxic way to think about it. So joining a community like this, we've got some new members who've just recently joined. We can even drop the link in there. If you go to laughingvikings.aa, laughingvikings.com slash AAC, uh, you can check out uh, the membership. Um, and uh, there's the offer there on how to get involved where you can get enrolled for just a buck for 30 days get involved in our community, get involved in our audition processes and services, kind of take the whole thing for a test drive, get a feel for how different your audition feels, because really what we do is uh, we help you shoot your self-tape auditions with film and television professionals, which is going to save you time. It's going to help you hit those fast deadlines. It's going to help you perform better when you're on camera. You're not going to have the stress. You're not going to have the... Uh, tech troubles and anxiety over that, uh, ultimately, so that you can be submitting what is your best work right now on camera for your auditions each and every time. And I just don't mm -hmm. think you get that from the mentality of, oh, I'm doing this alone. And when I when I do get help, I cut corners and get the cheapest, most convenient person near me, even if they're not an actor, I'll, I'll borrow a family member, a friend or a neighbor. It's like yeah. you, you want to work with other trained professionals. And there's a meme going around of Brad Cooper saying like, what is his goal? His goal is to work with the other top actors and other top directors and writers and get better by surrounding himself with amazing people. And that's yep. really what we want to do. Uh, and that's, and that's what we do here at, um, at actors audition club. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a great note. Just team teamwork, building your team, building coaches, whether it's coaches, mentors, peers, mm -hmm. uh, people, you can rely on just people that you were in it with um, so that you can make this a shared experience rather than like yeah. you're a horse with blinders on feeling that you got to do everything all by yourself. Very lonely and stressful to do it that way. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. day five, five. Uh, oh. And we finished off day five with submersive clown with Chris. Oh, Graham Montana. Love Am it. I butchering that. Chris Tremantana, yeah, who is a fucking genius and so profound and so fun. I've never had a class that was so fun and so profound. It's like this. I'm doing really silly, wacky things, 
but I'm also being deeply affected by it and taking away some of like mind blowing things that he said where I'm like, holy shit, you just blew my mind. So yeah. tell us, tell us about that as you go blurry. As I go blurry. That's not working. There it is. Okay. So Tremontana clown takeaways. Uh, takeaways. Or first of all, what to do? You want to share an exercise or two that that he had he that he had you do? Uh, the main exercise that we did was we had to we split ourselves up into groups of three, and there was one group of four that I was in. Um, and what we had to do is we had to um, create a chorus. Uh, we had to create a song about something that we loved. Um, and something and we each had to have a solo the chorus had to have harmonies it had to uh, have some dance moves and it had to um uh I, that was it it had to be about something that we loved so about something we loved harmonies chorus dance moves uh and each of us had a solo in between those nice. chorus numbers. Um, and so our chorus was, I'm in New York eating burritos, chicken wings, donuts, pizza, ZD. And nice. uh, yeah, right. And uh, and so uh, that was about that. And so uh, I went up to did my solo first. Uh, oh, and we had to have a name. We have a, had the title for our group. I was in a group with... Um, uh, three older actors. So Daniel Greer, a woman named uh, Selena, who was, uh, she was very much the, the leader of our, uh, of our, um, of our 14, 14 yeah. group class. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. She was the mom. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was very much the mom. <laughs> uh, I worked with her a lot. Fantastic performer, fantastic person. Nice. I really loved working with Selena. Um, she's from LA. Uh, she grew up in New York. Um, she lived there for 17 years and then moved out to LA. Uh, she's a single mom, hysterical woman, amazing, super strong, really loved working with her. Uh, and this guy named, uh, uh, the stage man, Dan, uh, and he was, he was an older actor, kind of new to it. He was a, a banana truck driver for a long time. Wow. And then, the Bluth company. Yeah. And um, decided to change careers and has been taking acting classes. Uh, he actually uh, joined this class, ten joined the intensive 10 days before it started. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Nice. Um, false decision. Nice. That's fine. And so. Um, <laughs> he was we, like, ah, I'm sick of driving bananas around. I need a change. I need to go to Broadway. I need to go to Broadway. And there's so, also a famous, there's a famous side note. There's a famous uh, Harry Chapin song called 30,000 pounds of bananas. That is about the perilous journey of an 18 wheel truck with three thirty thousand pounds of bananas. And he, mm -hmm. his brakes go out on the way into like some somewhere through the, the New York mountains. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah. It's like a, a runaway truck, basically. Oh, carrying shit. 30,000 pounds of bananas. Shout out Harry <laughs> Chapin. Uh, he's long dead, but that's a great song. 
Um, and so Daniel was pitching an idea of a name, and I was like, no, no, everyone. We're the Grizzled Veterans. The Grizzled Vets. I like it. GV. So, yeah. GV for life. Uh, we we walked out there full of confidence. We were the second group to go, and we got butchered alive. Oh yeah, but, it just fell apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I started talking about how I got lost in Greenwich Village and was trying to find Central Park, and about how I loved how there was this desk across the uh, across the street uh, on this roof, but like it was like. I found the desk interesting. I wasn't really in love with the desk. And then I started talking about One Piece or singing about One Piece, sorry, because uh, it was all singing. And so we were singing. I was singing about One Piece and I was talking about how how much I loved it and how it's the longest running anime and how Monkey D. Luffy is so inspiring. And like an improv. I, like, yeah, make up. I did like a yeah, yeah. gum gum. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of wish I had stayed out more. He probably would have coached me a lot more. Um, uh, cause like I was finally getting into a groove, um, right. and then we did our chorus again. And, uh, I think, was it, I think Selena went next and then it was Daniel Greer and then it was Dan finished us off and like, we all got coached along the way. And it was really about like, um, we were told we couldn't applaud. We're not allowed to applaud. All we can right. do is laugh. And when do right. we laugh? And why are we laughing? Right. And what's what's the takeaways from this? And right. like after after we finished our song, we would have to stand in a corner, and then Chris would be like, "Okay, audience, what points did you like?" Right. Okay, show us what you liked, and so that and then people would determine what their favorite bits were. Yeah, I like when he did. I like this when he did. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, and, and always showing, not telling, like not getting yeah. intellectual about it. Oh, I liked how he kind of came out. No, you're describing it. Literally show me what he I wanna did. I want to see he it. Came, he came out like this. Yeah. 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 It was great. Yeah, it's, it is great. His his classes are mind-blowing. It's very about being seen, about being vulnerable, but also really picking up on what's working and what's not working. Like yes. you go out there, say it's the comedy thing if they're supposed to be laughing and they're not laughing they're giving you direct feedback that what you're doing is not funny so don't keep doing that and the flip side is if you hook into something especially if it's off the cuff like an, an improv thing if you hook into it then it's about how much of that can you keep doing that they love and then when do they stop loving it like because there's also a line there where it's like okay yeah i love that but now you've been doing it for 30 seconds what else you got so it's like yeah navigating like really being present for the audience and noticing them and listening and getting that call and receive of them and, and really being vulnerable to just stand there and take. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether you're eating shit or, or whether you're crushing. Any other takeaways and, from Tremantana? Any other quotes? Uh, no, I think that's it. I left that class feeling very uh, open very exposed. Um, and that was the day that I did after class, I went to go to Central Park. Hey, so I walked around Central Park with this very nice feeling of being open and, and it felt like I was seeing everything for the first right. time. And, nice. uh, and I was, I was seeing everything for the first time. Um, 
Oh, I want to do a little side note uh, before yeah. we uh, go into the next day. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, went we to see my first Broadway here, show. So. Yeah. I went to see my first Broadway show on Thursday. I went to see a play called The Cottage, which is starring Eric McCormick, uh, Laura Bell Bundy, nice. Lily Cooper, Nahel Yossi, Alex Moffat, and Dana Steingold. It was this uh, like absurdist comedy about these three couples and they're all having affairs with each other. Everybody's fucking everybody. Yeah. And like it was directed by Jason Alexander. So George from Stein Seinfeld right. and like cigarettes are popping out of every which corner. They're all very like proper British uh, upper class people, but they're all having these like major affairs. Right. And like, they're just, they're just enjoying the raunchy aspect of it all. And um, uh, it, it was absolutely fantastic. The cast was great. One of the best fart jokes I have ever seen on stage. Ooh. I was uh, lucky yeah. enough to get preview tickets. I was six rows from the stage. It wow, was... close enough to smell that fart. Oh, yeah, it was great. Oh, my God. It was so funny. You want to let the fart out of the bag? Uh, you want to let the fart joke out of the bag oh, and tell us? Oh, sure. Uh, there, Lily Cooper plays Eric McCormick's wife, who is having an affair with his brother and has been having an affair with his brother for seven years okay. and is eight months pregnant with his brother's baby. Gotcha. Classic. But uh, And so she's going, I'm about to give birth. I'm about to give birth. It's coming now. And like, you know, you're a month, you're a month early. I don't know. It's that's coming right now. And she like lifts up her dress and like, it's happening. And then. Nice. Just farts. Oh, it's just, oh, it was beautiful. They had one really long fart. They had a shorter, but like sharper fart. We're, uh, we're learning a lot about Brandon Knox here. He was all the way to New York City, to Broadway, to the mecca of the epitome of top, top theater. And he's like, give me some fucking fart jokes. Some fucking fart, fart jokes. jokes. Give me that Broadway fart. <laughs> the set was incredible. Um, I think I talked a little bit about this before, but like there's cigarettes coming out of every which corner. Um, there's a point at the beginning of the show where uh, Laura, uh, is it Laura? Yeah. Laura Bell Bundy is talking to Eric McCormick and is just like, I need a cigarette and pulls up the flower pot and the flowers are fake and there's cigarettes inside the flower Next. pot. And cool, so cool. she picks out one and then lights it with the flower. Nice. So you check Broadway box. Now the, the final weekend here on Saturday, we were very fortunate to work with Andrew Wade for Shakespeare. It was a four-hour class. Ooh, nice. Four hours. That's good. It was yeah. incredible. He is so charming. He is one of the best people. He walked us through this, like, a, a short voice workout or short voice warm-up to get us ready for the day. Um, and it's, like, just cut from, like... It was an exercise that I had done a hundred times with him before. Um, and like, it was just like, oh, I love, I love doing this. I love having you in the room with me right now. Yeah. And there was even a point where I like, I caught myself getting lazy and I was like, 
No, you have Andrew Wade in your room right now. Right. You right. are three feet away from Andrew Wade. You are paying attention to this. Right. And Andrew Wade is Shakespeare royalty, literally the Royal Shakespeare Company's oh. voice and speech uh, teacher formally. So, yeah, the, the amount of people he's worked with who are titans in the industry, his connections, that pedigree is, yeah. is incredible. And you're right. He's one of the most charming people in the world. I always love. And he's like, and have a yawn, have yes. a stretch. Have a swallow. yawn. Have a swallow. Have a, have swallow a stretch. Of water. Have a yawn. <laughs> He's have great. a walk. Have a walk about. Yes. Uh, have a stretch. He is, have a yawn. he is absolutely fantastic. And like, he really Saturday got us back to the. Uh, no, we had Janice Orlandi in the afternoon uh, oh, nice. to like nice. talk about uh, viewpoints. She gave us a handout, and then she. Uh, walked us through how to act drunk. Nice. That's fun. And that was so much fun. And uh, yeah, we were interacting with our class. And one of the one of my favorite moments from all week uh, is someone in the class came up to me drunk and was like, so have you found Central Park yet? Nice, nice, nice. And I was like very excited, like, yeah. I did. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, is there any in a if you had to tell someone one point or two about uh, drunk acting? What is it? Um, find your sway. Find, find your sway, sway uh, and just have a little back and yeah, forth. Yeah, and like just give yourself a little. Extra emphasis. Right. And there's the note of most people when they are drunk, they're more often concealing it than wanting to overtly reveal it. So a lot of actors fall into the trap of I'm acting drunk when really it's about acting in real life. It's about acting like you're not drunk. Well, because like finding, Janice was finding... really comparing it to floating and flying. Uh, which we talked about off the, the top. Yeah, of yeah. Depending on the type of drunk you are, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, very different. Make, making that choice: Are you happy, light drunk, or are you? Does it make you heavier and slower mm -hmm. and less responsive? Where you're like, oh, like, yeah, really affects your speed uh, with some people. Some people speed up. Some people slow down. Yeah. Or you do both, depending on. Depending but, uh, on where you like are, on the way yeah. up, you might do this, and then as you're as you're getting drunker and drunker, beyond the beyond the mark, you're uh, mm -hmm. you're getting slower and slower. And um, final day, uh, we did a we did a hangout with Tom and Emily um, at this board game bar on um, on Thirty Sixth and Sixth Avenue. Um, cool. It was great. We got to spend a lot of time with them. I got to see Emily Moulton for the first time who I deal with a lot with uh, the Tom Todorov studio. And it was great to meet her in person. Uh, it was great to have a chance to, to talk with, uh, with Tom for a bit. And Tom came up to me and he says like, so we've never actually met in person. I'm like, right. no, this is, this is our first time, Tom. And he's like, huh, really? And I was like, this is my first time in New York, Tom. He's like, really? Huh. All right. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing in a Zoom world and a post world like like post COVID world where like I have I've what we've never met in person before. No, it's been I've known you for five years and we've spent hundreds of hours together, but never in the same room. 
Yeah. Cool. Uh, no classes on the Sunday. It was more like uh, the meet. And no, greet no. We and, had uh, we had one final class with Tom. Oh yeah. We had one and final class in study. No, we had uh, we had the uh, meetup on the Saturday. They do it oh, on the Saturday. Oh, that night. Not sure. That yeah, makes we sense. did it on the Saturday cool. because uh, a lot of people were catching planes right. and catching um, yeah, other things out of town. Yeah. People don't so, want to hang out at, on the last day. They got to go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we had one final day of scene study with Tom. There were one scene to go up and two monologues. And then we did two cold reads. And I was the last cold read to go up. Nice. And I felt fantastic. I felt like I was ready to take on the world. Um, yeah. I mean, by the end of that week, you should be performing at a level that's your best ever because you've never gone that deep. Uh, I mean, aside from your uh, training way back in, in theater school to, in uh, university. Yeah. Um, that's that's a lot of time to devote to it. So, yeah, that's amazing. Final overall takeaways. Teamwork is the best work. And when you're working with an ensemble, a true ensemble, that is pure bliss. And anything that you want to share that you've taken away um, to directly apply to auditions, especially whether your own auditions or whether coaching people here at Actors Audition Club? Work even harder to find opposites. When you're finding opposites, you're finding something that no one else has seen before. Right. And right. it's uniquely yours and it makes you stand out and it changes the molecules in the room. And it makes your performance way more truthful because that's real life. So it's exploring both sides of things. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah I fucking love this person, but what do I hate about him? I hate this person. What do I love about him? I'm hitting high notes. Where can I hit low notes? I'm hitting yeah. low notes. Where can I hit high notes? Yeah. I'm, I'm being... Um, I'm being aggressive and, and very much fighting and, and full of conflict. Where can I be vulnerable and soft and subtle and, and mm -hmm. quiet? Like, or, or straight up opposites of I'm saying the words in a way that is opposite and what they actually mean or, or vice versa, whether it's physically like we talked about. No, yes, I'd love to. I'd absolutely mm -hmm. love to have your delicious pie yes please give me another slice um yeah it's great great notes um and now you're back i'm back and i'm ready to go i'm ready to, ready to rock. i'm ready to rock cool cool well congratulations um and i i just wanted to personally acknowledge you just um I, i've known you now personally for two years here at actors audition club and the amount of uh, the depth to your learning and to your commitment to the craft and to yourself and to our clients. You're, I don't think I know another actor who is fully committed to like, you're constantly in class, you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing. I know that that was a, a large financial commitment for you to go to New York. So that takes a lot of trust and faith in yourself and, and, in your abilities and to take that risk of, Oh, I'm going to go all the way down there, spend some money, be in a new city. Um, so congratulate, uh, congratulations to you and kudos to you for continuing to go deeper and deeper and Thank to you. up your own personal levels of commitment um, to yourself and to your craft and, and also to the ongoing commitment that you have to our clients here. Cause I think you do a fantastic job and, and everyone who books with you, myself included, um, you really put in 
your your best foot forward. You really treat other people's auditions like they're that your own in your ability to want to uncover more things in the script or tell a story better or find little nuggets or help them bring out the best in themselves. And, and not everyone does that, but you're extremely committed to that and you're super reliable, which is amazing. Like I can count on less than one hand in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of situations where you needed to show up at a certain time. You're always early. You're always uh, ahead of time. You're always super prepared and your personal preparation and your own auditions is top notch. You're, you're one of those people who you'll you rehearse a shit ton on your own, but then we shoot here. You've you've booked me for rehearsals ahead of self tapes. You've booked me for rehearsals where you want to work on scenes between self tapes and callbacks. You've booked me for rehearsals after your callback when you booked the role and you wanted to be rock solid before you showed up on set. Um, and I think the majority of people don't do that. So you, I think by your actions, you're putting yourself in the 1% of this industry simply by how much time and energy and efforts, uh, obviously with the right coaches and with the right mentors and with the, with the right training behind you as well. But congratulations. There's been a, like a massive, massive amount of growth I've been able to witness in you over these last couple of years. And I, I hope, and I, I think it's obvious that you're, really a different person and a different actor than you were 10, uh, two years ago. Oh yeah. Congrats. All that to say, congratulations. It doesn't go Thank unnoticed. You. Thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm excited for the the next year ahead with, uh, actors audition club and, uh, what, what comes our way. And I think this is a perfect segue, uh, because you talked about booking sessions and booking rehearsal times and, showing a real commitment to the craft, um, which you have really demonstrated, uh, especially over the last like year and a half. Um, like, uh, especially once you finished, once you finished conservatory, um, and, uh, all this to say, do you, do you want to make the announcement Lars? Uh, sure. So this is a pre unofficial unofficial, but uh, I found out earlier this morning, actually, that I booked a large lead role in uh, an episode of a series, uh, I guess I can't name right now, but no. fantastic role. One of the coolest roles, Brandon and I did the audition together. I booked Brandon for the session. I prepped the shit out of it. It was three mm -hmm. scenes. I felt great about the audition. And then it kind of went away. We did it back in April. And it was kind of one of those ones where it was like, Oh crap! I felt really great about that and thought I did some great things, but I guess it went another direction. And then mm -hmm. out of the blue, got a callback notice. Super pumped! Got to go right back into the script. All last weekends, um, I had um, I was rehearsing it and running it. And to those, it was a Zoom callback. And I want to speak directly to people who are saying like, "Oh, Zoom callbacks are hard," or "Ah, it's just all the tech," or the nerves or any of that stuff. It's hard because you haven't done it enough and it's hard because you haven't been comfortable enough. So I'll tell you, I'll just, and not bragging. There's been plenty of auditions that I haven't booked. The majority of them I don't book. In fact, this booking ends probably one of the longest periods where I hadn't booked a TV film role. I'm always doing stand up, and I'm always doing theater shows and creating my own productions 
um, so that I'm, I'm never feeling like, oh, I'm not working. But in the back of my mind, I had noticed and I had been clocking, oh, it's been a little while since I booked a TV and film role, despite feeling great about a lot of auditions, despite feeling great about uh, getting a bunch of callbacks, which is kind of what I got to judge myself on. I never really get too concerned anymore about the bookings. I concern myself with my prep, my work ethic. Did I do everything I could in the audition and or the callback on my work? And then it's just kind of like you got to let it go. And if they don't choose you, they don't choose you. I don't take it personally. And I certainly never I, I really never got into a, a rut of like, oh, am I cut out for this or am I? really an actor it was like no i'm doing good work it's just not quite landing in the right situations so this one specifically i just want to share what i did is first we worked a ton i booked brandon professional coach to help me with it he treats it like uh, his audition so he's coaching me giving me good things i had rehearsed a ton before the self-tape so i felt good about it but then this weekend when i get the callback notice i of course was rehearsing on my own but i wasn't just rehearsing walking around aim aimlessly. I knew it was going to be a Zoom setup. So I set up my Zoom setup in the studio so that I have it exactly how it's going to be. I can see my frame. I can work out my eye lines. Sunday night, I was rehearsing a shit ton on Zoom. Like literally, I just opened up a Zoom meeting so that I could figure out, okay, here's my entrance point. point. There's my eye line. Here's my close-up frame. Here's my wide frame. Um, where my eyelines for my looks. Then um, the callback was at noon. So I booked Aaron Elizabeth Reed for a Zoom session at 10.30 to 11.30. So I worked with her for an hour. And what did I do? I rehearsed scene one, scene one, scene one, scene one, scene one. Then moved to scene two, scene two, scene two, scene two, scene two, scene two. Feel good about that one? Move to scene three, scene three, scene three, scene three. Then what we did is about five times in a row, I would do slate, scene one, scene two, scene three. So, hi, my name is Joey Freddie Larson, six foot three, based in Toronto, reading for the role of Bill, uh, whatever it is, reading for the role of, I almost let it out. Leaving. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll beat that out. Um, say what it is for, but I'm so pumped for it. But I'm saying this is I practice like I, I played. So, instead of going in like, Oh, Zoom. Oh, shit. Where are they? Where's my eye lines? Mm -hmm. Oh, crap. This is a little different. The reader the reader's giving me something different. I was so familiar. And the biggest thing was that slate, scene one, scene two. And Aaron did it like a mock where she would be like, and cut. Okay, great. Uh, love that. Let's move on to scene two whenever you're ready. Yeah. And then right into scene two. Boom. That was great. We loved it. Let's do scene three whenever you're ready. Right into scene three. Mm -hmm. we did that five times till 11 30 then i logged in at 11 45 so i had 15 minutes just kind of decompress stretch start feeling good kind of throw it all away too so that i wasn't getting locked into things but i went into that so hot i had rocked it i knew all my lines i knew my first beats i knew my opening and closing i knew my last looks i knew all my choices uh the director was Fucking fantastic. I got a shout out to him. Uh, eventually, I'll re reveal who it is. But such great rapport and communication he was giving me. Uh, he gave me a couple notes, which I feel I was on the same wavelength to begin with. So what he was saying, I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. I had, he was giving me things that I had considered, but just wanted me to lean into them a little more. I felt I was able to execute mm -hmm. them real quick. I, was, I knew the script inside out, backwards and forwards. As I was saying the lines... It really felt like it was me saying them and not like I'm 
playing a character who's saying these words in a way that is foreign to me. Like it was really deeply rooted and specific. Like it just literally felt like it was me saying these things, which is what you yeah. want to get to. But I only got there because of the reps and the prep. And so just the, the, the note to people is if you're having those feelings, especially in your own home studio, you just need to spend more time in your own home studio. If you're, if you're like, like almost like lean into the thing that is giving you the anxiety and stress. Like you got to just do it more. So if you're rehearsing, if you got a big zoom, Oh my God, I got zoom and I'm not sure about the tech double and triple check your tech, get it up, set, set it up early. Some people, a lot of our top clients here, when they do their zoom auditions and callbacks, they book the studio here so they can come get set up either with their equipment or with our equipment. They have a professional mm -hmm. Reading with them, so the first half hour of their session is just rehearsing with us, but on Zoom with the setup, so they're getting a feel for frame and vibe and, and eye lines, and and then so their first take in that Zoom callback when the nerves kick in isn't the first time they've said it live that day. Like that's a trap. Like it's that's too much pressure. It's like why would you expect yourself to nail it on one take? Yeah. You yeah. haven't done it a bunch. So it really yeah. was that I knew it was a big opportunity. I knew it was a role that I really wanted. Um, it was right in my wheelhouse. And it was like, all I need to do is just keep working this and keep finding new things. So I was so confident. And I was so I was the thing that I was mostly proud of was how relaxed I was. I wasn't getting like just getting you get a little bit of like, oh, it's showtime. But Nothing that was detrimental, nothing that caused tension in me or my voice that would be negative. No negative thoughts that can sometimes throw off, uh, like make you go off on the lines. Where have you ever been in those lines like, oh, I thought I rehearsed this so much. And then the second I was on stage or the second they said action, I just was like, where the fuck am I? What line am I? And I had done it forwards and backwards so many times that it was mm -hmm. that saying like, um, don't rehearse till you get it right. Rehearse so, so you, you can't, can't get, get it wrong, wrong. so mm -hmm. shout out to you brandon and yeah shout out to you brandon and also to aaron for spending the time working with me um but it was like one of those ones where when i finished it i was like that went as from my part my prep my performance in that audition went as possibly like that was an a plus went as good as it could have gone mm -hmm. felt great with the director seems like i'm gonna get it seemed positive but even if i had not booked it i still felt like that was my best work at this moment right now. There's nothing I personally could have done to put myself in a better position to book it. And that's all we can really ask for. We can't guarantee. You never know what you're going to book, um, what they're looking for, who they're going to match you with, what the other ensemble cast is. There's a million reasons why you won't, you won't get it, but you don't want to have the reason that you don't get it because you shit the bed with your own prep um, or your own work ethic. It's like, that's all you can control is control what you can control and let mm -hmm. go of everything else. And I can't control whether producers or casting wants me in their thing. All I can control is that I show up on the day and give them a very close to on the day performance. Mm -hmm. All the notes that I can play, all the uh, ideas and strong choices that I might bring to the table as an actor and as a creator. And then if that's what they want to work with, that's what they want to work with. So um, thank you for bringing it up. I'm fucking pumped, clearly. Um, but it's also just proof positive of everything that we coach and teach with here at Actors Audition Club that, like, don't leave that stuff to chance. The only thing you have control is your own preparation, your own yeah. rehearsal, your own work ethic, your own thoughts, your own gear, 
get your home set up, uh, taken care of and get com comfortable and confident with it or join a community like ours where we take care of most of that stuff for you. And you can do mm -hmm. that right now by going to laughingvikings.com slash AAC and you can yeah. take a whole drive of the membership for just a buck um, and we can help you shoot your professional auditions in less time working with film and TV professionals without the stress, without the tech troubles so that you can hit fast deadlines so that you can um, elevate your performance and really just focus on your own performance rather than focusing on all the extra things and ultimately get that feeling of that was my best foot forward right now. Take it or leave it that I couldn't have done any better. And then you're happy. That's where all, I think all your happiness comes from an actor is just doing your own internal best. And then the rest of the world, you can be like, fuck it. You want me or not? That that's, a, that's me. That's my best. Mm -hmm. And that's that. And that's my yeah. story and I'm sticking to it. So long story short, uh, or long story long. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Long story long is um, I'm not just the founder of Actors Audition Club. I am also a client myself. Um, and uh, yeah, you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. So I'm, I'm excited to shoot that. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to work with the team and the directors. And mm -hmm. I'll slowly unveil more about what it is, but uh, I'm pumped for it. One of my biggest, uh, I think, uh, and coolest opportunities to work on the show. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be great. You're going yeah, to have yeah. so much fun. Yeah. All right. I believe right, that is it for episode yes. 149. Yeah, yeah. Thank, Thank you for you. tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. Tell all your friends. And uh, you go to laughingvikings.com slash AAC. And uh, if you're not doing it already, you need to be subscribing to this podcast. And don't forget that you can show up live on Facebook and YouTube every week and ask questions and interact in the comments with us and really be a part of the the show no matter where you're listening from uh, in the world that's the cool thing about technology mm -hmm. all right that's a wrap right. bye everyone <laughs>